What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with David Wood. And uh, we just watched the Cavs and Dubs, the Golden State Warriors. It was a uh, the Cavs were in it for what about two point seven five quarters? Yeah, I'd say that two quarters at least. Yeah, and it was an it was an interesting game. Kind of felt like. Uh, the Warriors were toying with them for a while. And, uh, when I thought Larry Nance was far and away the Cavs' best player in the first half. And then in the second half, when, uh, when the Cavs took him out of the game, he, <laughs> uh, the Warriors just immediately decimated the Cavs. Um, cause we got way too much Jordan Clarkson one on everyone. And, uh, also, uh, Steph Curry was kind of unstoppable. Well, Durant went off in the third. Yeah, and I think Durant, that's kind of Durant's threes just killed it. Yeah, there was a fun stretch in the uh, in the first half, though. Uh, the first half ended on a nineteen five run for the Cavs. Uh, Chetty Osman five threes. Yeah, Chetty Osman hit a pair of threes. Uh, Colin Sexton hit a pair of threes. One of them. You know, uh, not quite off the bounce, but um, at least out of a uh, 
out of an offensive set instead of just a you know wide open catch and shoot, which is the only kind he seems to take, which is fine. But he, as I noted, he seems very bad at scoring one on one, which is which is not good for a point guard. You should generally be able to score one on one, but <laughs> uh, but I mean it w- it was just a little too much by the Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry. 11 to 20, 9 of 14 from 3, 11 to 12 at the line, 9 rebounds, 7 boards, 2 turnovers, and 42 points. Uh, that was hard to overcome in just 34 minutes. Um, although, if you breathed on the Warriors wrong tonight, they got to the foul line. Foul line. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous. Some of the, like the one where he, went up and then fell over after making the three on uh, Chetty Osman in the in the late third. <laughs> oh yeah, he just got bumped by him. Well, not even that, like he bumped he bumped himself into Chetty Osman and I don't know. I I've forgotten how much I hate the Warriors. Like they are that, really obnoxious. And they didn't even have Draymond yeah. playing. Yeah, I can't imagine Draymond would have been talking the whole time. Oh yeah, Durant. Durant's kind of a turd now too, though. He's morphed oh, yeah. into a pretty unlikable guy. Yeah. Well, what was it? Uh, what was I? I read today there was a poll: which is thinner, uh, Kevin Durant's skin, skin or an atom? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty yeah, good. That's pretty funny. But yeah, KD with a uh, a near triple double: twenty five, ten, and nine, and then add. Uh, Jonas Jerebko with a big 11 points plus 25 off the bench. Um, you know, there was the Warriors shot 53% as a team, 53% from three, and then uh, 88% at the line and out-rebounded the Cavs 46 to 41. It was, and also only turned it over eight times to the Cavs 10. It was kind of amazing that the Cavs were in this game. Until the oh. late third. Well, just from how well the Warriors were playing, but the Cavs were shooting well. I thought the Cavs actually played pretty good defense for most of the game. It's just the Warriors make, like, against any other team, I think the Cavs probably would have won this one. Yeah. But the Warriors just make ridiculous shots. Because Curry, like, Curry had 42 points, but it was sort of, like, kind of quiet. It's just he gets his points, like, off. He'll get a... There'll be a turnover and Curry's at the rim or Curry's just blasting off a three or like the four, like four or five threes a game hits that are just, why would you cover him like 38 feet from the basket? It makes no, it, it just makes no sense. Well, and not I only thought, that, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say it gets annoying because, you know, kind of my take on Curry is the reason he's rarely in the discussion of the best players and the best players of all time is kind of the same reason James Harden is, is he kind of rule Nazis himself into five or six points a game by, you know, flopping, doing the pump fake and jump into a guy or stopping short and letting a guy fall over him or, you know, falling down when he shoots a three and somebody's too close to him. And that's annoying. It's just like why people don't respect that. So, I, I feel like he got at least probably five or six points tonight off that. He got he caught Colin Sexton poking his hand in and did the rip-through move to get himself three free throws at the end, and it's like, come on. 
<laughs> it's just really annoying. Um, yeah, he got uh, he got Nance when the Cavs were in the bonus, just bringing them off the court, doing a random stop, and Nance ran into him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and for the Cavs, uh, some really positive developments. Uh, Colin Sexton had a nice shooting night, uh, 7 of 14, 3 of 3 from 3, um, 3 assists, 1 turnover, 21 points. But do you cringe at that mid-range shot every time like I do? Uh, I've, I've kind of grown used to it. I think if he, if he blended his... Uh, his game a little bit better. It'd be a useful shot, but I think he's just kind of terrified to go to go under yeah. the hoop or like yeah. by the hoop, which is weird because he's getting he beats his man off the dribble. He just he has one move essentially. Yeah, well, and then two he moves. Needs- he's a weird finisher. Like he's a better left-handed finisher, and he has, as Ben pointed out, he's really bad footwork when he finishes right hand, and. He's got a couple moves, but yeah, it's like you, you're right. He, as you pointed out, he takes off way too early. He shows the ball way too early. Like he just got, he seems, he might lead the league in shock block, block shots against. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm going to look, yeah, I'm going to look that up. I mean, he got blocked, I think, three times this game. Yeah. And he's, it seems like at least twice a game that happens. Um, but, I think he's a better shooter than all of us thought he would be. The yeah, point, he it, he would be a great spot if LeBron was on the team. He'd be a great spot oh, shooter. Yeah. He he actually would be. He'd be very. Although he has the he has a very slow windup. He's got like a uh, oh who was the uh, he's got a Byron Leftwich line windup on his <laughs> three ball shot. <laughs> I, I mean, he just takes forever to to get it off. Seems yeah, like. it looks good. He'll it, he'll it figure it out eventually. Yeah, and it's a little too. I still feel like it's too much uh, wrists. Like he needs to get his legs into the shot, kind of well, like a more modern shot. His arm position is really goofy. His left arm is over almost on his. His right arm is almost over on his left shot side when he shoots. It's really odd, but it's odd That's that he's how, as accurate as he is with that shot. What were you saying? That's how. Um, that's how Steve Nash shot the ball, though. Kind of. Interesting. Like, when you look him up, his elbow, like, it looks unnatural. His right elbow is really tucked in. Yeah, well, it's not even his elbow as much as his forearm is over on the left side, which is weird. But, yeah. You have to I look at that or start trying to watch that. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to look at some Nash footage. Because Nash is, or was, one of the greatest shooters of all time, so... And perhaps yeah. that form can definitely work. So, um, so yeah, Colin Sexton had an interesting game. Um, Rodney Hood started off hot in the first half and then really cooled off. He ended up six of 16, uh, on the night for 15 points, but led all starters with a plus one and the plus minus. But I think for me, at least the, uh, the guy that was exciting, to see kind of break out of his slump was Chetty Osman. Yeah, Chetty looked great tonight. He was more patient. Yeah. Well, and did with, did you watch the Cavs feed? Uh, I watched I watched it with no volume on my phone. Oh, okay. So they were talking <laughs> yeah. a lot about how Chetty was getting his feet set and uh, how Larry Drew was 
coaching the guys to get their feet set when they shoot, and he definitely had a calmer lower body. He actually almost looked like Corver with his with the way his his feet were, and and the way he gets that slight turn in his uh, in his shot. And but he looked really good shooting tonight. He only had one shot that looked really bad, and that was kind of that uh, one where he had to rush it at the end of his shot clock. So played some nice defense, had some. Uh, uh, nice it's some nice drives. Yeah. He's not passing like he was earlier uh, in the year, but I, I kind of feel like they haven't set him up as a playmaker that much either. So, No, they're, the Cavs offense tonight, they didn't run a ton of stuff at all. No. Like I thought in the, like in the second quarter how uh, I think they had eight assists in the second quarter mm-hmm. compared to just two in the first. Like I think three – yeah, the assist came after uh, Thompson got an offensive board, like yeah. just on a scrambled play. And well, and the other out. ones were Larry Nance, who was, you know, as I said during the live thread and on Twitter, was is the Cavs' best point guard right now. I mean, he was really passing well in the second quarter, um, set a lot of guys up, had a lot of hockey assists, set up guys for getting fouled at the line, and then they didn't put him in position – you know, they stuck him in the corner or, or stuck him as the roll man. They didn't really use him as a passer at the elbows very much in the uh, in the second half. And I felt like that hurt their offense. A lot of the second half offense was Jordan Clarkson being Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> if we could have just gotten to, like, Jordan Clarkson getting hot for, like, five minutes tonight, yeah, I think that would have given us the game. Yeah. And then in the, in the second, if you could have. Yeah. Uh Jordan Clarkson seven to seventeen, two of seven from three three rebounds. Uh he doesn't turn it over a lot, I'll give him that. Um I'm sorry, one rebound, three assists. <laughs> Although one of the assists was the Rodney Hood alley oop to end the first half. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. So the end of the first half, uh Sexton like stares at Rodney Hood for like five minutes. Or for about five seconds and then realizes, oh, the clock's going to run out. Kevin Durant's on me. So he jumps in midair and then throws it to Hood, who jumps in midair and then, while without touching the ground, uh, drains the shot for the longest alley-oop in NBA, you know, the furthest away from the basket <laughs> alley-oop in NBA history. Um, but it was, it was an entertaining end to the, to the first half. But, yeah. but Sexton or, uh, Clarkson definitely Shot a lot of shots. Led the team in shots with 17. So it was. He's he frustrates me. <laughs> he's a he's a classic Cavs type player. He's like a a slightly more reserved Ricky Davis. <laughs> yeah, like he'll he'll win you a game every couple months. That's about all Ricky did. Yeah, he is the best. He is the best scorer on a bad team. Um. And speaking of the best scorer on a bad team, uh, Tristan Thompson is the best rebounder on a bad team with a 19-rebound, 14-point performance, and a game-low minus 27. Um, I, I, I kind of wonder, like, I know they're not going to say it on the Cavs broadcast, but part of the reason that Tristan Thompson gets so many offensive rebounds is Teams just don't bother guarding him. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong when I say that, David? Uh, 
So, I mean, sometimes, but Tristan is a good offensive oh, rebounder. Oh, no, he's a very good offensive rebounder, but... He, he just... Yeah, I guess... I, yeah, that is true, because they don't want to... They don't cover him outside of the paint, so yeah. he just runs in from, like, the three-point line barrel in. Yeah. I never, I never thought about that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, no, I mean, he just... It, it need, if you don't care about a guy's offense, I mean, to me, the only time that Tristan is a threat to score is he's actually been not horrible in the post this year. And then, his hook, he got a left hand. Yeah, finally, he, and well, a right got, hand, and he got some arc over it. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's his go-to move every time now, which is good because he had no finishing move before. Like, <laughs> and he hardly ever see him as a role man anymore. You know what I mean? Like, remember all those Bleak. loops Delhi used to throw him and other guys used to throw him? Now it's all just Tristan in the post getting that hook shot. Like, he plays yeah. for that post position in the screen game now. Well, he won't roll to the hoop. No, he like... never rolls to the hoop, ever. Like, he holds the screen longer than anybody. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, He just wants to make sure things are going to work out okay before he commits to it. Well, it's so funny when you see the Tristan Thompson... um. Colin Sexton pick and roll because Tristan Thompson holds that screen so long and then Colin Sexton, you know he's playing for the jump shot, but like if they just changed it up every now and again, like if Colin Sexton just came around that corner, he could blow by a guy so easily because they're not remotely expecting him to attack the basket. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, (laughs) if Colin would learn to make a pass out of it, doesn't he have to go all the way around the corner, just look for the pass a little bit more? Instead of thinking for so long, there'd be a lot of open guys because teams cheat down on them. Oh, um, yeah. TT and there'll be like three or four guys in the paint when those two are yeah. running a pick and roll. Yeah. What was the quote I heard tonight? If if the Cavs ever traded Jordan Clarkson, Tristan Thompson would lose five offensive rebounds a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, well, it's great because guys just brick it and he gets it. Yeah. Well, oh, the, the, he, the Cavs have to lead the league in Kobe assists. <laughs> Him and, uh, Hood. Yeah. Yeah. And and Chetty uh has a lot of misses that end up as offensive rebounds, it seems like. But but yeah, I mean Tristan Thompson, a better player, but the Cavs were not good when he was on the floor tonight. And I felt like Larry Nance was so much of a better player for them uh this evening. I don't what was your take on that? I mean, Tristan did. Tristan kept us in it in the first with all the the putbacks. I think he had six points off putbacks, mm-hmm. and then I kind of think he just was a victim of being on the floor at the wrong time. Well, that's probably um, true, especially in the third, because he he was doing he was doing work with the just getting putbacks and at least yeah. being active. And I, I thought his defense was pretty good. I'm not. I haven't looked and see how many or seen how many points they scored in the paint yet. But I think the Cavs actually did a pretty good job around the rim tonight. Let's see. Well, at least in terms of, although they got a lot in transition, and you almost have to look in the first three quarters because the fourth was such a a blowout. I mean, only 38 points in the uh, paint for the Warriors. Yeah. Which, that's decent for the Cavs defense. Well, when you make 18 threes, that kind of defeats that, but yeah. Um, and 21 at the line. But yeah, I mean, Tristan Thompson, 
my my opinion is the Cavs need to sell high on him like as soon as possible. I don't think any re- legitimate like team that has anything to offer wants Tristan Thompson. Well, there's not a lot. Of, so here's the team I was thinking of: Charlotte. Like Charlotte, why? Well, because they need a center. So the they two got teams Frank was, the <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Charlotte and the other team I was thinking of was Washington, because Washington desperately needs something in the middle. And so you give up. So my trade was Mahinmi and uh, Sadaransky for Thompson and uh, Decker, and then a protected first round pick from the the Wizards. Do you think the Wizards Uh-oh. would go for that? No, no. They wouldn't give us a pick. I think we might have to give that. Well, I think no, the Yamahini's contract is terrible. Like, it's much worse. It's, yeah. He's a much worse player than Tristan Thompson. But uh, Sadoransky's on a good contract. Yeah, well, Although they never no, play him, they don't play him at all. He's a restricted free agent. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. We yeah. Looked, went, looked at this before. Yeah. Well, they don't play him at all. So maybe they do that. Yeah. I mean, for sure, uh, the East would be going through through the Wizards because <laughs> John Wall and Bradley Beal, best backcourt ever. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Uh, Charlotte's right on the edge. I feel like those are the two teams where you could maybe talk them into Tristan Thompson and, and get something for him late first rounder maybe. Um, and, and if he keeps putting up rebound and offensive numbers like that, some – GM that's not very smart could could pick him up. But, I mean, you just can't run an NBA offense with Tristan Thompson anymore. It no, seems like, th- I mean, he just clogs the lane so much. He'd be a Spurs guy now. I don't how, know. <laughs> like, with how the Spurs are going. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. But, the problem with the Spurs is their contracts. They don't have anybody, like, Paul Gasol is the guy you'd have to take back, and like, why would you even want Paul Gasol at this point? Yeah, and the Spurs aren't going to give you any picks, so. Yeah, I think Tristan probably stays put this year. Really, I think I think there's an outside shot they move him because they, I think they know that Larry Nance is the center of the future because they gave him that big extension. So I don't think Tristan is ta- staying regardless. I don't no, know. I, I think Tristan after this contract probably just gets mid levels, if that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the interesting thing is, is so my big push has been the Cavs need to find teams with cap room that want to clear space, and you know, go after guys like Batum or um, take uh, some of the bad contracts off the. Uh, or take some of the rookie deals that the Sixers don't want to pay, like Zahair Smith, and uh, and move it move some of their contracts for those guys because there's going to be a lot of teams looking to cut salary uh, in order to get uh, their cap number down for next year because the free agency class after next year, the one in 2020 is bad, but the one in 2019 is really good. So there's going to be a lot of guys available and a lot of teams looking to cut as much long-term salary as possible. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting. Um, J, JR should be pretty valuable. Yeah, somewhat. 
Um, oh yeah, is, he's guaranteed like I think a million for this three, summer no, or something. Three million. George Hill is one million. Jr. is oh. about three and a half. But Jr. has an interesting contract, I believe, in that after the season is over, he can be traded for his before the calendar flips to the 2019 NBA year. Um, or the 2019-2020 NBA year, he can be traded for his 2018-2019 salary, but then the team, after the calendar flips, can cut him for $3.5 million. So I think you'll see JR on the team till after um, the season, and then they'll trade him right before free agency. Oh, or, just or to get around a, pe- the time a pick. The, well, yeah, or around the time of the draft for a team that like got a guy they just don't want to keep. Yeah. So, um, but other guys on the Cavs tonight. So we saw. Uh, what, what do you think of Burks? So, so far? Burks um, had an interesting game. I said in the live thread he is a better slasher than I thought he was, but a worse shooter. Um, his shot seemed really flat, and he has a decent percentage on the year. Or he did. I think he was shooting around thirty-five on the year, and he shot a decent percentage last year. Um. Yeah, so for Utah this year, he, shoot, he was shooting 37%, and then last year he shot 33%, and then in 16, he shot 40%. Um, but he won that game against the Nets with that play at the end, which was an awesome play, actually. And uh, he's, yeah. he's a good sh- uh, slasher. He had a really good three-point play tonight, but he seems like he's getting his feet under him a little bit. Um I haven't seen anything bad, just a lot of missed jumpers, I guess. He's I think he could be uh if he can improve his finishing at the rim, he might turn out to be a pretty decent player cuz yeah. he has a good he has a tight handle. Like the way he was dribbling into the defense and able to get back out without any issues. Yeah, he's decent at that. The problem with <clears> is he's with him is he has never been a good finisher. Um he is a career 39% finisher as a uh, field goal percentage, and then a career 32% three-point shooter. And this year, uh, he for the Cavs, he's shooting 34% from the field, and for Utah, he's 41% from the field. So this is not outside of, you know, what we've seen traditionally from Alec, Alex Burks. And the other problem with him is that he has played 41 games or less the last three seasons, or averaged 41 games over, like, the last four seasons. Uh, So the dude just can't stay healthy. He's old, too. Well, well, in basketball terms, he's kind of old. What is he, 28? Yeah, 28 or 27. I mean, he's been in the league since 2011. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he's not a bad player, but as many people have noted, his contract being a, an expiring deal probably is more valuable to the Cavs than his actual play at this point. Um, and Alec Burks, two for 10 tonight, um, did get himself to the line a couple times, uh, minus 22. Um, not a bad bench guy, but didn't have a great night. Um, to me, the, the best Cav, off the bench was Larry Nance who had a, to me, a monster second quarter. And then the Cavs just kind of forgot about him. And that's the problem with Larry Nance is he can really float and kind of disappear from games. He doesn't play with a lot of force a lot of times. And he just, 
does dumb things sometimes. Like, what was oh, that? he fouls in the dumbest of ways. Oh yeah, it's like, why are you fouling there? You're never gonna block that shot. Yeah, or he just m- screws up finishes, or had that one where he gathered and lost the ball. ball. Bounce. Yeah, like he needs to just do the tennis ball thing. <laughs> <laughs> and just build up his grip. He um, they need to just run the second unit through him completely. Oh, I agree with you totally. I mean, th- that's what I would do. The problem is, is sometimes the Cavs don't even get into an offense with their second unit because of Colin Sexton or not. Colin, yeah, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. Well, Clarkson just refuses to pass the ball. Yeah. At this point, did you? I actually, I did hear part of the broadcast. Cheney Fry told him to pass the ball. <laughs> and like during one of the timeouts when he was mic'd up, he's like, he was complimenting everybody. He's like, Jordan, uh, you can pass. <laughs> like, that was all he said, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, did you watch the Nets game? Yeah, I caught the fourth quarter at yeah, the end was, of the third really and the fourth good. quarter. Well, the fourth quarter before they melted down was good. Like, Yeah, that was a – I was really surprised we hung on because they got bulldozed for a while. Yeah, and, and it was Jordan Clarkson running into dumb shots and bad defense. Like, and – oh, and Colin Sexton was terrible at the end of that game. Yeah, they turned it. Uh, who had the oh, turnover George on Hill the last play? Jordan Clarkson. That one where they came down and then like they ran that weave and then Hill somehow like passed backwards. And that Kirk Kirk Coker. Kirk. That, yeah. That, yeah. That, that was crazy fast. Yeah, he. I didn't even know he existed. I'd never heard of him before. <laughs> yeah, that game. I know. He was he was nuts. He was like a white lightning bolt. Bet. Just running and down the court, and then so yeah, the Hill, Hill was terrible yes. at the end of that game. Hill's been terrible the last two games. Although his defense was solid tonight, he just could not score. I wouldn't play. I don't think they should play Hood or Hill anymore. Like he just at all. He takes minutes away from young guys, and he's not winning us any games. Well, I think the whole reason they're playing him is to showcase him to get traded like he need like after he has a good game or two they should just shut him down <laughs> like build his stats up and then shut him down i mean tonight he was oh a five yeah he was brutal tonight two oh, turnovers he, three assists although his defense was really good at times like he shut down clay a couple times yeah clay was uh, clay did not have a good game no i i overall i don't i didn't have a problem with the Cavs defense tonight I mean, I know the stats look bad, giving up 18 threes, but a lot of the shots the Warriors hit were just like, oh, well, like that's happening. Yeah, no, they did – some of the things they did were bad. Like, they let way too many guys backdoor them. Um, like, Andre Iguodala, you should always play him for the shot instead of, you know, over – you should never get backdoored by Andre Iguodala. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or, but I, I think sorry. their directive was no threes. Well, or it like was, run but, them off the line. Yeah, but you can't give up just threes and layups. So, 
Yeah, and Kevon Looney, I thought they played him pretty well. He actually made some shots. I was like, holy crap, he made that shot. Oh, the other thing that drives me nuts, though, is, and I feel like this is part of the reason they get whistled for so many touch fouls, is the Cavs don't foul anybody at the basket. Like, a couple times, Kevon Looney had, like, a layup or a dunk, and I'm like, you've got to foul him. That guy's like a 57% free throw shooter. Like, just foul him. Put him on the line. Don't let him get a dunk. Or even just play Hackalooney, you know. It's better than uh, than Steph Curry getting. Ah, God, I hate Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, I mean they had a ton of guys that just. Well, the same thing with like Sean Livingston. Like the Cavs lost guys in transition a lot and didn't get back on defense. Oh yeah, like when Livingston got that rebound and went coast to coast on Sexton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Sexton like just didn't guard him. Yeah. Like, what do you, what, yeah, Sexton has like two or three of those just brain fart moments a game. Although I know a lot of it's just being a rookie, and I I have to say that I just I see Sexton make the safe play so much, but not necessarily the good play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I just he's he doubts himself. Yeah. Like on all aspects of the court, it seems like. Because yeah. even defensively, I think he could blow up some screens, but he'll just go go under real tight, like not give up too much space. But he's not going to try to blow it up because that might mean his guy blows by him and gets a layup. Yeah, I feel like he would almost do better if there weren't so many veterans on the team for him to defer to. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if he was forced to step up and do a role, yeah. like it, if like Kyrie or something. I mean. I, I think that my, I actually think he would be, it would help him to go down to the G League for a little bit and just work on some things like blowing by guys on the pick and roll. He, well, he needs to learn how to get his body into people. Cause he's just, is it, how tall is he? Like 6'3, probably? Hold on one second. Um, no, he's, they list him at 6'2, but most people think he's not even six foot. Yeah, he he needs to learn how to get his body into guys. Yeah, kind of like uh like Kemba Walker will do it where he sprints straight at the rim, but he'll stop so the big man keeps wheeling back. Yeah, or like if the big man just stops, he'll just shoulder into him and fall backwards because the little guy's not going to get called for that most of the time. Yeah, like, and, what was it we said? The guys he needs to watch are Tony Parker, um, Kyrie. Kyle Lowry. Kyle, I would, I would think Kyle, yeah, Kyle Lowry would be a good one. The problem is with Kyle Lowry is he's so much thicker than uh, Colin Sexton. Like yeah, he's got a, b- a big butt. He said, I wasn't <laughs> gonna say it, but yeah, like Kyle Lowry is probably the thickest five eleven point guard you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, Ray Felton. Well, no, Ray Felton <laughs> is. I wouldn't even call him thick. He's just fat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Yeah, Kemba's probably a really good role model for him in terms of because, you know, super skinny, not a guy that has a ton of weight on him, but can kind of use his his speed and his quickness. Uh, but Kemba's a lot shiftier, I think, than Colin is. Yeah, well, he didn't come into the league that way. but No, he sp- did a little bit because he was Colin really shifty in college. Yeah. He was, I mean, he he's learned a lot. He's just developed nicely. I guess I have a soft spot for him because he won me a lot of money that year that UConn 
<laughs> won the title. <laughs> uh, he, he won me my football, my NCAA pool that year. So I, th- I think like uh, Sexton could learn like a lot from Kemba though uh, with the dribbling too. Because Kemba like takes like Zach Lowe was talking about it in his last piece uh, or his piece like this week I think about the Hornets that like Kemba just stays so low to the ground because he's already short that it just eliminates a lot of like guys from even being able to steal the ball from him. That's interesting, and that's one of the and, things that I I will say uh, <clears throat> Colin Sexton's handles gotten a lot better over the last probably five or six games. Like it was just straight bad for a while. I mean, he's still too upright. He's like yeah. upright and just bouncy. Yeah, like needs needs to take a chill pill and keep it low. Just a defense too, just like yeah. Ben Worth said. You know, slide the feet, don't jump. <laughs> yeah, all all the rookies jump though. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that like Tony Parker was like the master of never jumping until he got his shot off. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he was well, so low and so smooth, and then all of a sudden he'd just jump into you. Well, Parker too. Like it's weird that it's it seems like it'd be such a simple thing, but for guys not to use both their steps, like on layups and stuff, it makes such a big difference. But it's not a lot, like not a ton of NBA players are able to do it. What like just take one step and score? Yeah, like the Steve Nash yeah. where it's one step and scooping it in, or like Curry yeah. does it, oh, just and, like short stepping your defender really good at it. Yeah, yeah it, like it, Kyrie, I've always said he's the only guy I could ever seen the I've ever seen that could finish off both feet with both hands, like in any part of his drive. Yeah, he was yeah. amazing at that. It, it's such a simple sounding thing, but it's clearly yeah, hard and to Steve do. Steve Nash was was really good at it. Yeah, and yeah, and Steph's good at it too. Steph has a little bit of that in him, although. Steph also gets so much room because a the threes, the threes, and all the illegal screens. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw Jordan Bell just bulldoze or screen today. Or did you see the one play where Steph was like boxing out and he just like bulldozed uh, Alex Burks like twelve feet? <laughs> no, it was hilarious. I was like, Dude, well. The- or go ahead, sorry. Sorry, no. I mean, Steph for his oh. size is an amazing rebounder. I'll give him that. The the Warriors are smart with like, yeah, they do illegally screen all the time, but they don't do it on the ball. Like, right, exactly. They which is more power to them. That's the smart thing to do. Yeah, like the refs ball watch just as bad as the players. Yeah, the I didn't think the officiating was horrible in this game. What was the game? It was two games ago when they played Toronto that the officiating was just abysmal. Like it, like the Cavs just never even had a chance. Um, yeah, well, Toronto just went hard at them in the paint. Well, the other thing is, is like there's there were just so many reputation goals in that game, and like Kawhi, Kawhi gets away with so much contact; it's ridiculous. He uses a, his offhand like every play. Yeah. Oh, like I know. LeBron, well, it's like LeBron when he, level. When he has the ball, yeah. No, it's worse than LeBron because LeBron gets called for it more because he's so strong. Uh, yeah, he was just forearm shivering, guys. I'm talking about like defensively, he gets away with so much contact. But yeah, you're right. The offhand, he's. It's just ridiculous how much he gets away with. Yeah. Although, he, um, 
So do you think who do you think the best team in the East is now? Do you think it's the Raptors? Yeah, I think it's the Raptors. I actually I really like the Raptors. Yeah, they're um, really good. Their defense, like that, uh, Pascal, not pa- is it Pascal, Pascal Siakam? Siakam? Yeah, yeah. He like if they play small ball with him, they're going to match up really well with pretty much any team. Well, they don't have to play small ball. I mean, their starting center is Ibaka, and then they start. See, I can't remember. Do they start Siakam? Yeah, they start Siakam at the four, and then they start Kawhi at the three, and then. Danny Green and then and uh, Lowry. Lowry, and it's just brutal. Like I don't know if you read my recap, but that's a brutal. I read, lineup. yeah, I read the recap. Like Danny Green leads the league in shot blocks for guards, like the last three or four years. Well, like, he's a, a monster in transition. Oh yeah, and not only like that, yeah, he's just like you can literally switch anything with that lineup, and your only weak point is Lowry, and Lowry's actually a really good steal guy. Yeah, the, uh, Toronto put together like it just the way they structured their team. They had those young guys kind of developing mm-hmm. for so long, and they never really took too big of a swing or lost any any like uh, young guys that were too big of a deal to them. And they kind of got they got a nice blend. They got a homegrown yeah. bench. Well, the other thing is, is Ibaka is so much better than he was last two years. Like, but the other thing is, is every year Ibaka is good, and then folds in the playoffs so but i feel like this is the best we've seen of Ibaka since he was in uh okc yeah he's not um it, it seems like he's not shooting as many threes i don't know if that's true I think that but... helps but i also think he's just kind of they don't run plays for him he focuses on rebounding setting screens and playing defense and then if he gets an open jumper or a put back or you know the occasional pick and roll that's good enough for him yeah and that's well, his time in orlando just messed him up cuz he thought he was a star yeah i think him as a first op- he's like a third option at best yeah and probably better as a fourth like he's almost like Sean Marion like a perfect fourth option. You know what I mean? Not like he doesn't, he's got a much better jump shot than Sean Marion did, but he's just like a perfect fourth option. Like you never have to run a play for him and he can score 15 points. Yeah, that's definitely true. They have uh, that Fred Van Fleet guy too. Ah, is like, yeah. he's good. Yeah. That guy might be, that guy is the best under six foot guy in the NBA now. Yeah, he's got a shifty game. He's got like old man. He uses yeah. his like uh like change of speed really well. Yeah, he changes speed and he does what Sexton doesn't and like you were talking about with Kemba, where he keeps it low and then gets into the body on his finishes. Yeah. Yeah, and doesn't take like a huge two steps to give the shot blocker timing. Um, plus the other thing that he's really good at is keeping his shoulders, um, like keeping the guy on his hip and keeping his shoulders, uh, perpendicular to the basket. So he can, he's got like the maximum, uh, distance to get that hook shot up. And then he plays the spin off the glass really well too. Like, does it drive you nuts? How many times Colin Sexton misses by not going glass? What? Yeah, Larry Nance does it too, though, like where they don't go glass. So it might be a coaching deal. Yeah, I guess it could be. Um, but 
even when Sexton goes glass, he doesn't really like manipulate the ball. No, like how how Kyrie does or like Jordan Clarkson does. Yeah, I will say, I mean, Jordan Clarkson actually sneaky good finisher sometimes. Like as a finisher, he's he's good. It's his decision making that gets him in trouble. Like, yeah, he is. If you put like, um, wow, that was a great dunk. Toronto just went up 15 on Philly. So, oh if, dang, they were down last time I saw. Yeah, no, Kawhi just dunked from about three feet inside the free throw line. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, Toronto's probably the best? Yeah, in no, East? I think they're the best team. Like my, I was not sure Kawhi was going to be healthy at the beginning of the season, and clearly he's fully healthy, and. Like, how much of last season do you think was just Kawhi BSing on his injury and wanted to go somewhere else? <laughs> I don't know how much it was, but he is clearly 100% and looks like one of the three best players in the NBA. Or, you know, top five at the very least. Definitely. He's the best two-way player now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be crazy when whatever happened between him and the Spurs actually comes out. I don't know if or, it ever will. I, I think it will because I think I think it was outside people. Oh, that were well, yeah, with that's, all that. Yeah, they say his uncle is the guy. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season. Like, I legit think that that's a finals team, and are they going to the finals in another conference? You know, if if he moves out west to. By all accounts, he's not going to the Lakers because he doesn't want to be in LeBron's shadow. And then, is he going to the Clippers or are the Clippers even in LeBron's shadow there? And but you go to the Raptors and you got a pretty dang good shot of making the finals every year with that squad they have. Yeah, and the Raptors are set up. They have young guys that are developing. Yeah, like Siakam's going to be really good, I think, in a couple, like another year or so. Oh, well, Siakam's really good now. Siakam's I mean, like, probably good enough for a second second option type guy. Yeah, I mean, Siakam's probably going to get NBA most improved right now. I mean, he's really good, and he just he kind of has an unguardable game with that wing, wingspan and as high, yeah, his, as tall as he his, is. His three looks like it's coming around. He has a nice looking shot now. Yeah. Um, in the in the West, it's like. You, I don't know. I don't get why any guys would want to go out to the West right now. You have Utah's like in last place, yeah. but they could easily be like a top tier team in the if East, things went yeah. right for them. Yeah. In the East, they'd probably be like the second seed. Well, not only that, the West just keeps getting better too. Like now you got Memphis who looks really good, and then you've got uh, Dallas who looks really good because they both got absolute studs in the draft. And yeah, J- Jaron Jackson Jr. looks he's awesome to watch play. Oh yeah, I haven't even watched him yet. I'm looking forward to that. Um I've seen like two games from them. <laughs> yeah, and Donkic looks amazing and oh. I love so here's an interesting question. Do you think that McDonough got fired from the Suns for not drafting Donkic? <laughs> like um. they look really dumb. Now, like, I was at the time, I was like, why wouldn't you cons- even consider drafting Donkic? I mean, you literally just hired his national team coach. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. The Suns are just terrible. Yeah, they I make think terrible that, decisions over and over. 
that owner would fire that McDonough guy, and it's yeah. just well. The funny thing is, be- is the previous summer they gave him an extension. <laughs> yeah, but it, their owner's just he's dog turd. Oh yeah, he's he's a loon. Like at least Dan Gilbert wasn't cheap. Well, he was this year, but yeah, no. He Robert Sarver is one of the worst owners in pro sports right now. So. And the Suns uh, look just as bad as they always did. The funny thing is, is Josh Jackson looks terrible right now. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's you looking can like tell. a total bust. I don't think you can tell from that Suns team. Yeah, because they they run no offense like outside of give Devin Booker the ball, kind of, and watch what he does. Yeah, and, and the, sorry, go ahead. They they've ruined so many guys like uh, T.J. Warren. Like I thought he was going to end up being decent. Dragon Bender. Uh, he probably was never going to be decent. But. <laughs> no, but he was a terrible decision. Like, yeah, I Get don't know. A cool he's name. Like Dragon Bender on the Spurs. He's probably turns into a really, uh, you know, a decent role player at the very least. Yeah, he'd be. He'd stay in the league. I, I'm sure Bender's going to be out of the league or Euro League in that soon. Oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the the West is just totally loaded. I mean, the only team that's out of the playoff hunt in the West is Phoenix. That's how loaded the West is. Like, it's 11 deep. No, it's deeper than that. It's like 15 deep. Hold on, I'm pulling it up now. Or no, 14 deep. I mean, the first, the number one seeds, four teams essentially tied for it, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely nuts. And then the A seed is three games or four games behind the number one seed. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a really good team that doesn't make the playoffs. Well, the Pelicans, yeah, the Pelicans. Yeah. Oh, the Pelicans Rockets. was another team I thought that the Cavs should try to engage in a trade. Like, the Pelicans could really use, I don't know if they could use Tristan Thompson. Like, they already have a lot of bigs. But they could totally use George Hill. And they have a uh, lot of bad contracts. Is Peyton still injured for them? I don't know if he is or not, but the fact that George Hill can play either guard spot and what's his name, um, hot Drew Holiday gets hurt every year. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's, yeah, Drew Holiday has been fairly healthy though. I think the past two years. Yeah. Let's see. So, um, do you do you remember the rumor that the Cavs could have traded up to the number four spot if they'd have eaten um, Chandler Parsons' contract? Yeah, I still don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe it, too, but I'm a little bit shocked that they didn't do it just to get Jaron Jackson Jr. (laughs) No, that would have been too smart of a pick for them. Yeah. Also, isn't he a Michigan State guy? Let's see. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr., I don't know where he was slotted to go in the the draft initially. Yeah. Yeah. Was he a high guy? He was. Like, most people thought he was a top five guy. They just didn't know if he was going to go ahead of Bagley. Um, You know, a lot of people had it Aiton, Donkic, Bagley, and then Jaron Jackson Jr., and then five was where the big... A lot of people thought Mo Bamba was the fifth. But then the Hawks did something dumb. (laughs) Yeah, the Hawks... The Hawks made a terrible decision not taking Donkic. But, like, uh, 
I, I was listening to some podcast, but they, it might have been like an interview with one of the guys from Migos. He made a good point about the Hawks, like just struggling to be relevant, would have a hard time selling Donkic to their fan base. <laughs> but that's so dumb because it's like as soon as the guy starts scoring a ton of baskets, you're going to sell them to your fan base. I mean, yeah. I mean, a, a crappy Trey Young is that really gonna? He was he's last in the NBA in RPM. Like he looks terrible, and the only reason that we even think he looks good is because like his only two of his only good <laughs> games off. were against the Cavs. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, Young might just take a while to develop. But I don't I don't think his point guards like that are as small as him can really make it anymore, unless they got to be such good shooters. Well, I think you can't, yeah, but it also, like you were talking about earlier, you've just got to, um, you've got to learn how to play the game at that size the way that, like, a Kemba Walker does, or that a Steph Curry does. But you forget that Kemba and Steph did not both, because Steph is a small guy like that, not that small, but... Both he's those, he's six four or six three. Steph is six three in shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but both those guys um learned how to play. Um they, they were not freshmen coming into the NBA. They were either sophomore or junior. And it took them a while too. It took them a while. So I, I feel like it's really hard to learn on the job in the NBA like that. Like you're just gonna get your butt handed to you for for a while. So, and then you've got the other guy that looks really good is Shy Gilgus Alexander. So, wasn't he a four year or was he? No, was he a four year coach? No, he's wow. I mean, that Clippers team looks awesome. Have you watched them at all? Not really. I wish I had more because I love Boban. (laughs) <laughs> they're fun. they're kind of like uh they're a little lawyer bally but they? it's it, yeah i think they might lead the league in free throws it's it's a lot oh, of start annoying. and stop but uh gilgers alexander looks like he's gonna be a pretty good um point guard and then danilo is like he looks like danilo when he was good when he was in denver yeah yeah like that's the weird thing about the nba Actually, Shy reminds me a lot of um, a better shooting Sean Livingston. Yeah, he has the same like build, like just super <laughs> lanky well, and long. Yeah, and, and same team too. That he oh yeah, so. I always forget about Sean Livingston because he had that horrific yeah like when he like whatever happened to Sean his Livingston team. careers pre injury and post injury. Yeah, Clippers are leading the league in free throws attempted. That is annoying. Um, yeah, and Boban is like the crowd favorite too, which I love. I wonder if Boban actually has good stats. I haven't. He has him up. no. He has great stats. Like real stats, though. Oh, yeah, or no. He just... plays about eleven minutes a night. Um, he plays in very limited sets, but he averages um. Seven 62. points. Yeah, 62%. He averages seven points and 
almost five, five rebounds four. in just under 11 minutes a night. Like, that's really good. Oh, Jesus. His per 36 numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, they're insane. Like, <laughs> he's re- his stats are really good. The problem is you just can't leave him out there that long. Yeah, He's his, just fragile. Well, not only that, he picks up fouls and... Yeah, I don't know why they don't leave him out there more. But, yeah, his per 36 numbers are insane. They're 24 points, 2.8 blocks, 15.4 rebounds, and uh, a steal and 1.8 assists. Like, it's Andy sh- and a 62% field goal percentage. Like, that's just nuts. What's his true shooting? His true shooting is 67%. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's like... And that's, like, if you can get 11 minutes a night out of a guy like that off the bench, that's insane bench production. You yeah. Know what I mean? So, yeah. He's, and the crowd loves him. <laughs> and he, he broke a rim this year. So I know. But he's awesome to watch. Like, watching yeah. him just not jump to dunk is one of the best <laughs> things ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, all he has to do is just, like, get on his tiptoes a little bit. It's funny that he never, like, had a real breakout season. Yeah. I think this is kind of his breakout season. Yeah. Well, he's old. He's old. Actually, he's maybe he's 29. No, he's over uh-huh. 30 now. So he played. He had some time in Euros then. Yeah, how old is he? He's I think 30. He, yeah, he's 30. He just turned 30 uh, earlier this year in August. Yeah, no, he played in Euro for a while. You remember he was on the Spurs, right? Yeah, that was who brought him in. Yeah. And then I think he went to the Pistons. Yeah. Yeah, the, he got paid with the Pistons, and then they didn't use him right at all. The Pistons are just kind of a dumb team. They do a lot of dumb things. <laughs> yeah, their team makes no sense. They have a bunch of guys that, like, I don't even know. They, they have, were, like, really they, overrated they were guys. Team I was like, oh, George Hill could go there, but they don't have any really bad contracts to... Reggie trade. Jackson. Yeah, but the problem is is they Stanley. need Reggie Jackson. Well, they got the Ish Smith. Ish Smith plays more than him now. Yeah, but Ish Smith is not very good. Oh, come on. He's, like, the fastest guy in the league. Yeah, but also look at his shooting percentages. Look at Reggie's, though. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Ish Smith shooting 33%. He's just not that good of a player. Like, a 9.7 PER, that's kind of terrible. Yeah, that's really terrible. Well, but the other thing is he is, like, literally a five foot ten shooting guard because the point guard on that team is Blake Griffin. So, yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The Pistons have the Pistons need to figure out a way to get rid of Drummond. I think to free up space. Yeah the the problem is is those centers are nobody wants them anymore. Like well, the the whole league is going to be five out. <clears throat> it's going to be a five out league inside of five years. <sighs> yeah, Drummond's probably the last like true center. <laughs> Drummond and Thompson. Like, Thompson's a true center. He doesn't play with that size, but he that's his game. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess he's a true center. Usually you think they can dunk, though, and stuff. Well, he can dunk. It just takes him two hands. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, sorry, go ahead. 
I was going to ask, do you think the Warriors make it out of the West still? Oh, yeah. No, I think it when if they get uh, Boogie back and he's like a tenth, if he's half of what he was in New Orleans, then they may lose two playoff games. Like, they're that good. Oh, man, you're you're confident. I don't think I'm they confident do. because the, here's the thing you saw tonight. The Warriors are totally coasting through games and just playing when they need to play. Like, once they get to the playoffs, they're going to destroy teams, and then they're going to, then KD's going to go somewhere else, and then the Warriors are going to go back to being the Warriors again, like what they were before KD got there, and they're still going to destroy teams. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any doubts about the Warriors. I think they'll, I don't know. I don't think Who do they going to beat the them? Playoffs. Uh, a team that's like deep. Uh, like Clippers, I know that's probably a dark horse, but a team like the Clippers or the Nuggets where they have like nine guys that can play. The Nuggets maybe could do it. The problem is in the playoffs, you shorten your rotations and the team with the best guys always wins. And the problem is, is that the Warriors top four guys are better than the next best guy. Like, I would take any of the top four Warriors. Maybe I would take Jokic over Draymond, but it's close. Like, those four guys are all better than the Nuggets' best player, which is Jokic. That's the problem. I mean, that's that's definitely true. I just think it's going to be a team that's more, like, by committee. Yeah. Which is Can you imagine if LeBron like, had gone to the Nuggets? They'd like be in, unstoppable. Yeah. Well, like, no, actually, Jokic wouldn't get the ball. I don't know. That would have uh, killed Jokic. Never it would have killed Jokic. Yeah. He, maybe he would have died a little inside. Plus, they would have had to sign and trade for him. But if he went to the Clippers, <laughs> that'd be like a legitimate. Oh, how fun would it be to watch LeBron with Boban? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> What um like for some reason I or remember when Detroit beat uh the Lakers Detroit beat the Lakers in the finals right yeah the one year um the one bad boy year the yeah. like oh three or something yeah now I gotta I'm like, oh two thousand four. Hold on, let me make sure this is them. Was that's kind. Of, that's kind of how I think it will go for the Warriors to finally get taken out. A team that's like has really good chemistry, all really above average guys that can just kind of hang in there, like hangs in there mentally, <clears throat> and just wears them down. <clears throat> See, I don't think that team exists because I think a the Nuggets are too young. Uh, B. I actually, it could actually be the Lakers if they make a move. And I know. And if, uh, I, I think the team with the best chance of beating the Warriors is the Raptors. But I don't think it's going to happen out West. I just don't think the West is good enough. The only other team might be Memphis, but I think, they have to get deeper, and they have to get, uh, like, Jaron Jackson Jr. has to be amazing. Also, the NBA would never let that happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I still don't believe how Memphis is doing what they're doing. But... The grindhouse, baby. 
Let's see what. Well, the other thing about Memphis, they totally tanked last year. They were losing on purpose. Yeah, well, they didn't bring back uh, what's his name Connolly. They didn't bring, and Paul Gasol was just like taking craps on the court. Marc Gasol. <laughs> well, him too. <laughs> yeah, Wait, was Marc Gasol. Paul Gasol wasn't on there. No, team. no, I was oh. kidding. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, yeah. Like, you know me and names. No, yeah. I mean Paul Gasol wasn't playing anything. They were playing Rodney Harrison extended minutes, and we all saw how that turned out for the Cavs. So. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a team that can beat them. What about the Cavs? Where do you think the Cavs are ending up? Uh, Probably near the bottom, unfortunately. I mean, are they in the bottom four? Because bottom three all have the same lottery odds. Um, uh, I think we'll be fighting with you – know, oh, man, the East sucks. We might – we could get as high as the 10th. Well, you can't get 10th. Uh, well, you can't get 11th. <clears throat> I think that draft pick is – protected to 10 if it's higher than 10 the Cavs don't get it so we I'm, i mean we should be all right we're gonna the knicks aren't better than us but if they get Kristaps back they'll probably pick up a few wins but the, i think the knicks are totally not going to uh i think they're going to be so far down when Kristaps gets back that they're just going to tank for another draft pick yeah in that case then we'll probably be like we're bottom four in the East. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're in thus the league. Although there's a team that the Cavs could definitely try to get. Um... <laughs> Sorry. I just watched JaVale McGee doing JaVale McGee things. Like amazing block on one end and then try and lead a fast break and fumble the ball off his feet and fall down on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, I mean, they're a team that the Cavs could definitely send their expiring contracts their way to try and get draft picks and young players because uh, they got Courtney Lee, who they need to get rid of to have cap room, and they've got, um, uh, is it Lance Thomas? I can't remember. Yeah, I think Lance Thomas is still yeah, on there. Yeah, they've team. got him too. Like, they've got almost $20 million in just worthless salary. Like, I was really surprised that they bought out Noah this year instead of next year. Because like, of the cap implications? or Right, exactly. Because this way, he's on their cap for five years instead of three years. And I was Oh, like, yeah. And I was like, I'm surprised they didn't just buy him out for this year. Maybe they did do that. Maybe they bought him out for this year and then stretched him for next year. But, yeah, it's definitely... That was that might be the worst free agent signing in NBA history. <laughs> well, Noah just fell off a cliff so fast. Well, but the other thing is, was like everybody knew he could barely walk when they signed him. Like that was the problem. Like they knew he had bad knees when they signed him. Like there were so many bad, co- and it's funny because all the bad, all the worst contracts had Laker connections. You had Cupcheck signing Dang and Mozgov, and then you had uh, oh Phil. Phil go uh signing uh signing Noah <laughs> and then the other one that was terrible was Tyler Johnson 19 No Tyler Johnson is all right. He's all right but he makes 19 million dollars a year David. <laughs> I mean he's better than other he's better than George Hill. Mm. He's better than George Hill. Yeah, but George Hill A it was only a 2-year contract not a 4-year contract. B, George Hill had actually had a 
decent career before they signed him to that contract. And C, Sacramento, they had money to burn. <laughs> no, I get your point on, on George Hill, but you got to remember that that Tyler Johnson contract was for four years. It didn't they get poison? They like got poison pilled though. Someone made a crazy offer. Yeah, the Nets made a crazy offer to yeah him. to Tyler Johnson. They should not have matched. <laughs> yeah, well, they did the same thing with Crab too. Yeah, Alan Crab, and then Both they Portland ended up trading match. for Crab. But then the other crazy thing was, um, so the other team that the Cavs could trade with, but a lot of I've had this conversation with a lot of NBA fans well, or. Guys in the know, because Miami has a horrible cap situation and probably leads the NBA in bad contracts. Yeah, well, Dion's is awful. Dion's is terrible. Tyler Johnson's is bad. Um, Hassan Whiteside is not good. Like, he makes $25 million a year, and he's a terrible player. And he's a total head case. Whoever idea it was to give that guy that much money was just a bad. It was a bad idea. <laughs> I think I, I think Whiteside's still usable in the modern NBA because he rolls hard. He just is defensively. He has the perfect skill set. He's just very dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the other problem is is their point guards are terrible too now. Like, um, what's his name? Uh, Dragic fell off a cliff, and Tyler Johnson is just an average NBA point guard at best. Like, they just don't have a lot. They have a lot of average or above. It's a team full of role players that are highly overpaid. Yeah. This is the problem, and they don't have any stars. Like, and you would think they would want to try and get rid of some of these contracts, but. They they seem quiet, yeah. They seem to think their team is better than it is. Well, um, I just think they don't want to give up draft picks to try and get guys. But even the guys they do draft, like Justin Winslow, just doesn't seem very good. You know? Yeah, I think he, he's been put in a bad situation to kind of develop. Yeah. Although I think he got hurt again. Oh, his shoulder or something? Yeah, let me let me look and see if he's been playing um, lately. Guess who, who Joakim Noah plays for now? Uh, um, Memphis. They just Oh, uh, dang. <laughs> what are you getting over on me, Dave? I read I read hoops hype every day. Oh, I just saw it on the basketball reference. <laughs> yeah, looking at his. No, it's his... funny because in the trade machine they have him making twenty five million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it annoys me because some guys are broken in the trade machine, like and well, have zero years on their contract or something. Yeah, the trade the trade machine sucks. So I think cleaning the gra- glass has a trade machine now that's oh, legitimate. Okay. Um, I'm only, I, yeah, I'm just paying for the article service there. I might get the stats again or whatever. Okay. But their, their stuff is on point. Everything that guy does. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so for the Cavs, um, so this year, obviously, I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to say it's a lost year, but it's definitely a player development and asset collection year. Do you think the Cavs are trading Kevin Love this year? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of takers for Kevin Love. They need him to come back and play really well. Yeah, like on that contract, I agree with you. Nobody, um, nobody's going to trade for him until they can see him. Like, if he came back and played really well to the end of the season, then you might be able to move him in the off season. But for the at the trade deadline, there's no way. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily against them keeping Kevin Love because I think either. the team. I like Kevin Love, but we could probably approach 500 ball with Kevin Love, <laughs> just being yeah. steady. But he's got to prove he can do that again because he hasn't been steady for no. a while. No, and he was bad before he left. But according to everyone, he was nursing a foot injury. So, and then you know you've got. Rodney Hood, do you think he's back next year, or do you no. think he's just going to go with whoever trades us for him? Um, I think Rodney Hood's out of or the league. Him. Really, I don't think Rodney. He's too good of a shooter. He's not though. He he misses open looks. Like for Rodney Hood's skill set, like he needs to be a lot better if he wants to be just a a shooter. But he's still shooting thirty eight percent from three. Well, let's see. His uh his career is in the high thirties. I mean, and he's, I guess he's actually forty percent now. Yeah, and he's a ninety percent free throw shooter. Like, I just don't. I really hate his game. Like he's a bro. He like stalls the offense. He doesn't know how to keep the ball moving. He doesn't get in good spots. Like the threes he takes aren't corner threes or like easy threes. He dribbles into a lot of them. He, I, I'm not sure that if you pay like Rodney Hood, can he fit into a good offense and not stall it out? I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, he, obviously he's between, he couldn't do it in Utah. He's between being like a starter, like he probably is a starter, but he's only a starter because he's not good enough to lead a bench. Yeah, well, and he has a really goofy game, like. Half of his baskets for the Cavs are on ISOs. Yeah, he always ISOs. Yeah, and yeah, you can run an ISO offense, but it's not. It doesn't seem very conducive to winning. Well, especially if he wants to ISO like that, he would be coming off the bench for a team. Yeah. And there's dudes like Lou Williams out there who's a hundred times better at doing that. Well, yeah, but he's a lot bigger than Lou Williams. I mean, yeah, I still think he's in the NBA, but he's a bench player. But yeah. the other thing that's goofy about him is I think he makes $7 million this year, and he is a restricted free agent at the end of the season. And it's funny because he actually has a trade veto because of his bird rights. And I thought he, got, uh, he took the qualifying offer to be unrestricted. No, if you take the qualifying offer, you still the team still has your bird rights. He's unrestricted, but he has a trade. He was a restricted free agent last year, so he has a trade veto because of his bird rights. Oh, all right. That's the way that works. Because right. you can't trade a player on a one-year contract um, if he has bird rights without his permission. Oh. Which well, I don't even understand why that rule exists, but... Oh, because oh, the it, it's team because you would trade over him, the cap to sign for him. Then, because the team that you would trade him to, he would then would not be able to get his bird rights. That's why. Yeah, he's on a one-year deal, so that's why there's a trade veto. So, Tristan Thompson, do you think the Cavs should sell high, trade him as soon as possible now that he's playing, quote unquote, well, or do you think they should just hang on to him and see what the Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love setup looks like. 
No, you trade Tristan Thompson and bring this offense into the modern era. <laughs> like, nice. Like, uh, <clears throat> like Larry Nance can't shoot threes, but I think if he were to be like the starting five, he can pass good enough um, to at least be someone that they have to cover. And he's kind of got a little bit of a dribble game. He does. Um, I actually think they should look to play him like Jokic and like, uh, you know, Ben Simmons a little bit. He's not the ball handler that Ben Simmons is, but he's a decent, he's a pretty good ball handler. Um, Yeah. I think they should look at the way Denver plays Jokic and play him that way. But uh, yeah, I would love to see uh, him gone. Uh, Tristan Thompson gone and, and Larry Nansen. And yeah, they would lose out on rebounding, but they would also win out on people who can actually score the basket from farther than three feet away. So, <laughs> um, George Hill, I think obviously is a the guy they're going to trade. Jordan Clarkson, I would, I almost am of two minds on Jordan Clarkson. Like if your plan is to tank, Jordan Clarkson is the perfect player to tank with <laughs> like he will just take you to the tanking promised land you know what i um, mean yeah i mean jordan clarkson like if the Cavs were slightly better and had a few more guys i'd jordan i'd be fine with jordan clarkson like bring him in if he's feeling it sweet but if he's not feeling it you just plop him on the bench for the rest of the night oh i just think jordan clarkson's one of the worst players in the nba but he can score a lot of points so He's he's like you said he's 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 good Earth Ricky Davis, yeah. So and I'm fine with that right now. <laughs> Alec Burks, I don't think I think he's just a contract. I mean, I think something magical would have to happen for him to stick with the Cavs. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize he's been in the league for so long. Yeah, I mean Larry Nance, obviously to me part of the long term, and then uh, Colin Sexton, I. Don't I don't know what the future holds for him. <laughs> I hope he can turn into a really good player, but um to me if he be I I hate to say it, but Benworth's analysis of like best case is um Oh, who did he say? Nick Collison? Darren Collison. Darren Collison, that's a lot yeah, Darren Collison. Like he's bigger than Darren Collison. Like, if he's a better Darren Collison as a bench guard, that's not the worst player, but obviously, that's not a starter either. So, uh, I think Sexton will be alright. He'll be a starter. Yeah. Uh, as his defense, he puts the work in on the defensive end, and I think as he gets smarter, he'll be a, a pretty good defender mm-hmm. at the very least. And then, um, if he can just figure out a couple moves, like in the paint, it, it, he'll be still be pretty good. Because that mid range shot's valuable. It's just not valuable when it's all you have. Right. Um. And it's int- I, I think we're a year away from telling whether Colin Sexton can be any good. Too. You know what I mean? Like the Cavs well, are just so bad, and he has so many obvious limitations that he's going to have to work through. That it's going to take a while to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, he's getting points as a rookie, which is promising. That's hard to do. And his shooting is much better than advertised, so. Yeah, and he's not, he's not a ball hog. That's the other thing about it. That is true. He is not a ball hog. He could end up being a shooting guard 
or like playing shooting guard, covering point guards, and then having a bigger well, it's point weird guard. because he's not a ball hog, but he's also not a natural passer either. Like he doesn't seem to have great vision, but he's also not a ball hog. He just makes the obvious pass. Like sometimes it's like the he'll only make the completely obvious pass. Holy shnikes. Lonzo Ball just dunked like a madman. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's it it'll be interesting to see what we end up with Colin Sexton. I think the jury is still out. I think the fact that he's such a hard worker bodes in his favor, but I think he's going to have to for him to succeed in the NBA. He's going to have to become a very good shooter. The way that I watch his game. Um, and right now he has that ability or he's a decent shooter, but he's not a guy that can shoot off the bounce and he doesn't have a quick release and he's going to, he's going to have to really work on his shooting be because his finishing isn't very good and his vision isn't very good right now. So we'll have to see what happens. And for Chetty, I hope tonight's game is a sign of things to come. Like, he kind of gets back to being the player we saw right at the very beginning of the season. He he needs. Uh, they aren't putting him in a position to succeed. Like how, I think, how do you mean? I think they're asking too much of him. Almost like because Jetty was at his best last year when he's just getting the ball, running coast to coast, or just running to the corners. Mm-hmm. And like that's when he's at his best. And I think the Cavs kind of are asking him to do a bit too much with like handling the ball and stuff. Because he would, uh, like when he got the ball last year, he wasn't attacking a, like a set defense. He was attacking a defense that was rotating. Yeah. Well, Whereas now, the like other he part has to of that up. though is, you know, you can't develop a ask a guy to develop that skill set without putting him in that position and letting him fail for a while. You know. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, which they might as well this year. Let yeah. all these guys do stuff they're not comfortable with and see what yeah. what happens. To me, Chetty's got as much upside as anybody. The one thing I wish Chetty had was a one-handed dunk finish. Like, I wish he had that ability, but he is a, more of a long leaper than a high leaper. You know what I mean? And he doesn't yeah, seem like he can palm the ball. Uh, he, I think he could palm the ball. Yeah. But, um... He had some nice finishes tonight. He finishes oh, yeah. in varied ways around the rim. Oh, no, I know that. But if he had a dunk, if he was a better dunker, I feel like he would. that would take his finishing game up a notch. Yeah, definitely. But it's not very often that guys like him can dunk. Like He's 6'7". He, yeah, but he's like a finesse-type player. Like, he's not laying his shoulder into somebody most of the time. I don't think, I think he's less finesse and just not that great of a leaper or a guy that can palm the ball. But I mean, he crashes around a little bit. I wish he would crash around a little bit more. I wish like, cause when Ben scouted him, he said he was like a six, seven deli. I wish he played more like that. Last year he kind of did, but now that he's got to play full games and, be on the floor. I think they probably told him to cool it. <laughs> Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Okay. Well, um, anything you want to pitch, David? Uh, no. Nah, I think you were talking really. up a movie or oh, a TV yeah. show at the beginning before well, we started. Uh, 
I finally watched that Coen Brothers movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I fell asleep during it, but it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's it's I think it's six different vignettes that are loosely like related to being western themed. Okay, but it, it just kind of like the stories themselves are cool, but it just leaves something to be desired sometimes how they end. And it just drags on and on and on. Much and like on. many Netflix movies. Yeah, it's two. I think it was two hours and twenty minutes, possibly. Um, yeah, that's, but the first that's story a of it, movie. the actual the actual ballad of Buster Scruggs, the like vignette, it's only like twenty five minutes long, and that one's really cool. Like it opened up well. Hmm. I I feel like a lot of Netflix movies are kind of like that. Like they are a good idea. And then they kind of don't finish well. Like they peter out about two thirds of the way through. I, yeah, I feel probably. like for original movies, uh, Prime does a better job. I have, I've but never the, messed but with the Prime. shows are better on Netflix. So the yeah, Netflix. What, what I'm gonna pitch is a show that was on Hulu because if you got Hulu, if you got it on Black Friday, I think it was a dollar. Uh, it was a dollar a month for like the next year. But you Ooh. had to sit through commercials, like quote unquote limited commercials, which means every fifteen, ten to fifteen minutes, you get a minute of commercials, which is it gets a little ridiculous on some shows. Um, but the uh, the show I watched, uh, they have a lot of sci-fi on there, which I like, um, and they have a lot of original sci-fi. So the show I watched was called Future Man, and it's. Uh, it's a show about a guy who beats a video game and then the video game was sent back in time from the future to find the true champion of the future. And so these two <laughs> warriors from the future come back, but the kid's an idiot. <laughs> Is it a comedy? It's yeah. It's like a comedy sci-fi spoof. And there's I'll a lot of like, callbacks to, um, there's a lot of callbacks to like famous sci-fi movies and, there's a whole um, episode where they break into James Cameron's house <laughs> and James Cameron's AI always refers to him as uh, award-winning filmmaker James Cameron <laughs> or uh, award-winning uh, famous raconteur James Cameron or multi-talented uh, Arthur James Cameron. It's really funny. And then like at the end, he's like, ah, and but you can tell like under her voice the AI hates James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and then like there's a whole thing about um like <laughs> what was it the guy says? He's like, Yeah, and he always wants me to read him stuff in Navi. And he's like, Yeah, I've pretty much been exposed to Navi about it for about an hour now, and I pretty much feel like I have the sense of it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> So it's really funny. It's really uh, kind of raunchy at times because the people from the future like have no social skills and they're just beating the crap out of people. And <laughs> and this kid's kind of an idiot janitor. So that's kind of funny. It's kind of really good cast though. So the main character is the guy that played PETA in uh, the Hunger Games. I don't know if you watch any of the Hunger Games movies. No, I haven't seen those ever. But... Uh, but he's really funny, and then the two people from the future are kind of hilarious. Like, the one guy from the future falls in love with the 80s, <laughs> and he <laughs> wants to model his life after um, Corey Hart. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. And then um, the whole show was... Uh, a lot of the show episodes are directed by Seth Rogen, 
and uh like the uh, who else is in that show there's a ton of people is it a half hour or an hour it's show? a half hour with commer without commercials you know what i mean oh perfect yeah so it's not like a network sitcom where it's like it's a half hour but it's really 20 minutes yeah you know what i mean which is almost too short but let me let me look it up on imdb here um but oh i also uh someone forget this did you see uh sorry to bother you oh which one's that about uh it's like the dude that's a telemarketer like moves up in the company oh yeah 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 i saw your um i i remember you talking about that i think i haven't seen it yet it's on who it's on hulu yeah so here's some of the people in it um so eliza coop is the main female lead she's really funny but um ed bagley jr's in it um it's just got a lot of like that guys in it um glenn headley who was uh I think she just recently passed away. Yeah, she just passed away last year. Um, she died of cancer, but she was in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. She was in a lot of movies in the 90s. Um, Josh Hutcherson is the is the main character. But yeah, it's just got a really good cast. Um, who's the other guy that's big in the show that you would know? Keith David, who was in uh, a ton of, he's in a ton of movies. He's the voice of all the Navy commercials, um, <laughs> <laughs> like America's Navy. That guy, uh-huh. and he's in. Uh, he was in uh, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, I know that dude. Yeah, he's he's like he's in the thing. He's in a ton of movies. So oh, he's in Brick and Morty. Yeah, he's in uh, They Live as well. Yeah, he does a lot of voiceover work. So, cool. yeah, it's a really good show. It was very funny. I binge-watched the whole first season. So uh, you can knock out the whole first season in about seven hours. I'll um, have to check it out. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amusing. Uh, oh. I, there, there's at least one laugh-out-loud moment in each episode. So And if right, you like sophomore good. humor, like I do, uh, and sci-fi, it's a good show for you. Is there physical humor? Oh yeah, there's a lot of physical. Oh, humor. The other thing, it's got a really good soundtrack. Like they licensed, they must have spent a lot of money on it because they licensed a lot of songs. So, okay. so yeah, uh, that's oh. that's my Hulu recommendation of the week. So, have have you ever seen Running Man? Oh, the original. Oh yeah. Uh, is it is it worth watching? Some old guy at my work was trying to explain it to me. I'm like, this sounds oh, it's like the- totally worth watching. Just like if you, so he's in that movie. Uh, Keith David's in that movie. Um, it, oh no, no, it's Yafet Kodos in that movie. Anyway, um, it is a terrible, awesome movie. So like, it is like totally disutopian future. Do you know who Richard Dawson is? Like the uh, original host of Family Feud? No. <laughs> okay, so Richard Dawson was the original host of Family Feud. Like, pretty sure he sexually harassed about nine dozen women on that show over the course of probably about 20 years um like a total just kind of a sleazeball so he's the host of this game show in the future where convicts battle gladiators to win their freedom and but it's uh arnold schwarzenegger's in it jesse the body i think jesse yeah jesse the body's in it um it's just hilarious like it's hilariously bad and awesome at the same time so it's definitely worth watching 
especially right. if you like the 80s. It sounded like like a ripoff of Escape from New York when the dude was explaining it. It's kind me. of it's not like it's not as self-aware of as Escape from New York. Like Escape from New York, you feel like the people that made the movie are in on the joke. The Running Man, you're not quite sure if the people that made the movie are in on the joke. So, All right. But I think that might be Paul Verhoeven too. I got to go um, look at that now. I have it pulled up. That name is not on the right. Okay. So yeah, it but it's definitely worth a watch, especially like just to watch old Arnold movies is still humorous. So All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely worth worth a watch. So Yeah, and that's all I have pretty much. Um let's look at the Cavs schedule kind of coming up. Uh this weekend should be some fun man, it's like there's a the Cavs are on like a four game a week schedule for like almost all the way through January, so definitely getting a lot of Cavs. Um, we play. Next oh, the game Kings. up is the Kings. That's a winnable game, and then the Wizards is a winnable game, and then the Bucks, the Bucks are on Monday, and that's probably not a winnable game, but always a fun game. And then uh, the Knicks, then the Bucks again. And then the Sixers. So we've got six games in the next 11 games, 11 days. So lots of Cavs action coming up. So, um, and hopefully I will have a crazy trade Christmas wish list, uh, article coming up. And, uh, David, you got any wood shops coming up? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to find something right now. Oh, so I got an idea for your wood shop. You got to talk about like what Tristan Thompson is doing now to be a relevant NBA player versus what he was doing at the beginning of the season when like, guys were just playing 30 yards off him. Um, so that I would enjoy that piece. So I'll, I'll try to figure that out. I just, yeah. This team is making me hate. Like they're not that fun to watch. <laughs> sometimes Some, they are not some, that fun to watch. Like sometimes I'm just like, what am I doing? There's like, real what's basketball. Your mo- my my moments of joy generally revolve around Larry Nance. Well, I I feel really good because I did call in the one wood shop that he'd probably have the most assists on the team by the end of the season. Yo, yeah, and I think that's going to come true. Oh yeah, I think he's been leading most every night. So so yeah, definitely. That's my moment of joy. What's your, do you have any moments of joy with this Cavalier team? Ooh. Or is it just when Jordan Clarkson goes in fuego? Or I, I do enjoy when Jordan Clarkson goes crazy, mainly because everybody hates on him now. But the funny thing about it is it's like, like you and said like, the other night, it was the perfect tweet. You said something like, Jordan Clark, J- Clarkson just takes and makes the most mind-numbingly stupid shot. Yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> like he I also, will just like milk a shot clock for like twenty two seconds, and then just this Kobe s just fadeaway turnaround from twenty two feet that somehow magically finds the bottom of the net. Yeah, yeah, I also enjoy like when he gnashes the ball. Like most guys are like, all right, I got out of there, okay, I'll pass it, but he'll just keep it. Like seeing the passes <laughs> yeah. he passes up sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how do you not see that guy? <laughs> It's impressive. I I do enjoy the Tristan Thompson rebound experience. It just, I also realize it is at times fool's gold, you know. And then yeah, I I think he just committed to getting rebounds, and that's why he's looked better. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's looked. Well, the other thing is, so 
they put him in more ball screen op- action so guys can't completely play off him. We, but that's also part of the reason that Colin Sexton gets so many wide open 20 footers. But also that's a team, that's a shot other teams are perfectly willing to concede. And, but so teams are just putting, they're putting Tristan in ball screen and then teams are putting one guy on it. And okay, if you, if you keep knocking down 20 footers, we might do something about this. Um, which is why, uh, Colin Sexton has to develop the ability to hit that shot outside the three-point line so it actually affects the NBA game. <laughs> and then the other thing that they're doing is, um, like you said, he's just crashing the boards every time. So, Which also contributes to our Boris transition yeah, But defense. the other thing <laughs> is they're actually giving him the ball in the post, and he's actually able to score with over people with that hook shot. So. Yeah, for now. For now, because <laughs> guys are guys will start figuring out how to play it. He still I, brings I the ball down can, low. Though, as much though, because he can go over either shoulder. Yeah, but he brings the ball down low. Yeah, but as long as you're not double teaming, that's not really an issue. That's a good point. Because the other thing is, is most bigs don't really care all that much about playing post defense anymore. Yeah. Oh, actually, I have to bring this up about Tristan. I've never seen a big guy that doesn't try to take up space. Like, Tristan tries to take up as little space as possible when (laughs) he catches the ball. Like, he brings his feet together instead of, like, spreading out to kind of claim space, which drives me crazy because it's like a frantic, like, scatter for him to get the ball out before the teams completely, like, double-team him. Yeah, he's not a natural passer, that's for sure. Yeah, although it's so funny because Nance is, and part of it is because his hands are so big, uh, and he can just flip the ball wherever he wants. Yeah, well, I think it's Nance, an odd team, that's for sure. Nance is Nance is infinitely smarter basketball player yeah. than Tristan. So, well, at least offensively, I think Tristan's a smarter defender. Like he doesn't foul, but Nance no. does stuff that makes you that appears. Like, he can tell what's about to happen. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to make a positive impact on it. (laughs) So, speaking of bigs, do you think there's any hope for Zizic, or is he just done? Is he just not an NBA player? Because he's been Uh, awful the last few games he's been in. Yeah, he... I don't think he's an NBA player. His body's not strong enough. Like, he just gets bullied. And he's big. Like, he's, he's... He's at the weight where he should be effective, and it just doesn't look like it'll happen. Interesting. Because he's he's growing, and he's got some meat on him. It's not a matter of him being like some Yeah, like he sometimes he looks like he is on the Anderson Varejao conditioning program. Like, (laughs) like, it's like, shouldn't he have more definition in his arms? And he just doesn't have it. Whereas Tristan definitely has the muscle tone. Like, I'll give him that. Like, he's definitely stronger than he was as a rookie. Yeah, definitely. Tristan's a little pudgy looking, though. Oh, but I think no, but he's lost weight type. from last year, though, too. Yeah. And, and he was too thin at certain points in his career. Like, he's probably at about the perfect weight for him right now. Would you agree? Yeah, he's a- like yeah, he's he not looks... too big, not too little. He's got enough butt to put into somebody and and at least spin off them. 
Yeah, he looks healthy. Yeah. Like, he's not – yeah, he's not – he just looks – he's just got a pudgy-looking frame. Yeah. I think. No, well, last year, before he played himself into shape, he was just fat. <laughs> I mean, he just was like – and part of that was the injury, I'm sure, and part of that was – um and then he just oh. looked – not only did he look out of shape, like conditioning wise and health wise, but also he just couldn't get up at all. Like he had no second jump and he clearly looks like he's a hundred percent recovered again, which is good. So. Well, he, it, it's a good thing. Cause, uh, he's going to need that contract. Apparently he's trying to have a second child now. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. J- just breaking at three o'clock today. <laughs> well, there you go. You heard it here first. Well, you probably heard it on TMZ first, but that's the most annoying thing about searching for Tristan Thompson stuff now, too, is like you get all the TMZ stuff first and you just don't care. Yeah, I don't search his name anymore. (laughs) He's he's dead to you. Yeah. Like, I feel like he totally. I almost. Sometimes I wonder if it's better off for him that he's in Cleveland or if it would be totally better for him if he went to like a big market like if that would help things but i think it's actually better for him long term that he's in cleveland like if he was in la or something it would just be a disaster oh yeah he would be out clubbing all the time yeah i i don't think he's a very disciplined guy <laughs> like um Especially just getting involved with the Kardashians. Like, yeah, that just seems like bad idea, Jeans. Yeah, that's kind of like trying to party your way up into a cooler circle of people. <laughs> Especially if you're Canadian. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that adds. He's just trying like, to become it's American. It's like you and the Thicks. You know, <laughs> Alan Thick and, and family. So, anyway. <laughs> I I think that's about it for this podcast. So, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.